0: Hello friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back. Appreciate you being here for our everyday study of the Word of God. Uh, We're currently in the book of Romans, and we're going to finish today, I think at least chapter number one, talking about the fact that all of mankind knows intuitively that there is a God, a creator God, uh, and we are accountable to that God. And because of our sinfulness, our ungodliness as a human race, uh, we are standing in view of the wrath of God uh, that ultimately will deal with our sinful choices. That That's why back in verse number 16, we talked about the need for the necessity of the gospel. And in Romans chapter one and verse number 22, mankind as a general rule has resisted the the authority of God, has resisted even the existence of God. And the Bible says professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. You know, in our effort to suppress the truth in our effort to minimize our own guiltiness, in an effort to bring God down to our level or to elevate our own perceived righteousness, the Bible says that we've actually made ourselves look that much more foolish. Professing ourselves to be wise, well, we're too smart for God. Uh, I'm too intellectual to believe in the Bible. And professing ourselves to be wise, we've actually become fools. And watch what the Bible says in verse 23. And we've changed, the human human race has, we've changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. So we've exchanged God for idols. So we've changed the glory of God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to four-footed beasts and to creeping, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. In other words, we've made an idol out of everything. You know, we've been pantheists, or if you look at uh, the religions of the world, we've created I- I- idols to nature, to the things that God has made. We worship the creation, the creature, more than the creator. Why? Because we're trying to absolve ourselves of accountability to to a God, to the God. And so we've made this exchange. Uh, Look at verse number 24. Wherefore, so based upon the fact that man has willingly and knowingly rejected God and his authority. Here's the response of God to that. Wherefore, God also gave them up. What a sad term there. God gave them up. So God has been Long-suffering, God has been gracious, God has put up with, has been forbearing, he's put up with us, but there comes a line, right? Genesis chapter 6, my spirit shall not always strive with man. I I like what the Bible says there in the book of Hosea, where it talks about the, the people there in the northern kingdom of Israel that had resisted and rejected the prophets of God until finally God said, she's given herself to idols let her alone, leave her alone. In other words, let her have what she wants. So what's the worst thing a parent could do for a child? The worst thing a parent could do for a child is to allow that child to have his way. Just have whatever he wants. Give that toddler whatever he pouts about, whatever he cries about. No, that's not That's not good for the child. That's actually bad. And what the Bible's teaching here is that judgment is really a matter of God saying, okay, if you've said no to me, said no to me, said no to me, said no to me, and if you've resisted me, then finally God says, okay, then have it your way. And now we think that we win as human beings when we get it our way, right? Burger King, just have it your way. We think that's good. No, that's not good. It's not good for us to have it our way because our way is the way of death. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof Are the ways of death, the writer of Proverbs said. So here in verse 25, they exchanged or changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into this image. Verse number 24, wherefore God also gave them up to what? To uncleanness, through the lusts of their own flesh, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So God said, okay, if you want to suppress my truth, if you want to just try to find enlightenment through your hedonistic behavior, through your immorality, through your dedication to your own desires and lusts, to your own status and pride, then okay, let's see how it works your way. So God gave them up unto their own lusts. And what happened is mankind dishonored his own body. The body is supposed to be a vessel of honor, sanctified and and prepared for God. And yet, what what have we done with our bodies as we've rejected God? We've delved into all kinds of immoral behavior. We've tried to seek happiness through the satisfaction of our lust and not realizing that When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. We've just pursued our avenue of death. Look at verse number 25. Who changed, there it is again, exchanged is the idea. They changed the truth of God into a lie. We would rather believe our lies about origins and about truth and about accountability than to believe that there's a God or to believe that the Bible is true. So we've exchanged the truth of God, which sometimes is hard for us to hear for a lie. We want to believe our own lies that, hey, eat, drink, and be merry. Just satisfy your lusts. Do whatever you want to do. You deserve this. Obey your thirst. It's the lie that man has been living by for 6,000 years And the truth of God stands in stark opposition to it. We've exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. We've made a choice to choose temporal, fading, dying things over the eternal God. And what's happened in that process where God says, okay, let's see how that works for you. It's kind of Solomon's choice, right? The book of Ecclesiastes, where he said, I had all this wisdom, but I decided, no, I have all this money. I have all these resources. I have all these women. I'm just going to chase my lusts and try to find satisfaction that way. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes at the end of his life to say it didn't work. And so my advice to all you young people is remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It didn't work trying to live a life of self-pleasure, of self-aggrandizement, of self-sufficiency. It didn't work. Uh, It was a bad trade. Look at verse number 26. For this cause, God gave them up. So there's the second time in just a few short verses, God gave them up. It's not that God gives Up human beings in the sense that he doesn't love. No, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's not God saying, I hate. It's God saying, You have rejected, you have pushed me away, you have suppressed the truth in your unrighteousness. And so, if what you really want is what you want, I'll let you have what you want, but you're not going to want what you got. I'd like to say that again. I don't think I could say that again, but you know what I mean, right? God says, you can have what you want, but you're not going to want what you have. So he gave them up unto vile affections. Even their women, the Bible says, did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Let's talk about lesbianism. So even, even the women are engaging in same-sex lusts and pleasures and thinking that this is enlightenment and thinking that this is good and thinking that this is, but it's dishonorable. It's vile. It's a chasing of your sordid affections that's only bringing destruction to you and to society. It's a an indication of the fact that God has taken his hands off homosexuality in that sense. Although we ought to love every homosexual and we ought to uh, feel compassion and, and try to reach them with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact is homosexuality in itself is an indication of the fact that God is allowing man to make his own choices. Okay, go ahead and walk down that road if you want, but you're not ultimately going to like what you get. Look at verse number 27. Likewise also, not just the women, but the men, likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. It's wrong. Sometimes people say, well, homosexuality is really never condemned in the New Testament. There's some random Levitical laws about it, but you know, Jesus never condemned... No, never buy into that. Uh, that's just a, a, a woke lie. No, homosexuality is categorically condemned throughout the Bible. And here it's it's an indication of God saying, okay, go ahead and go down that road of satisfying your lusts, but that road will never end and it will never bring you satisfaction And so here, men and women engaged in homosexual activity, and yet the Bible says the behavior itself brings its own judgment because they receive in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet, it was suitable. How sad. Verse number 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, I don't want to even know about God. I don't want to talk about God, get him out of our school system. I don't want to pray. I don't want to hear the Bible. Uh, The society has become increasingly more biblically illiterate. Uh, I, I want to just, I don't want to know. If I don't know, then I'm not accountable, which is not true. So even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over unto vile affections. There's the third time. In just a few short verses, God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them over. When mankind has said no to God, no to God, has suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. I don't want to have to deal with accountability. I don't want to have to deal with the wrath of God. Uh, I'm better. My way is better. My lusts are better. I have a better grip on what makes me happier, what life's all about. I can make gods that I can control, and I'll just worship my own idols, and there's no repercussions. And God says, no, that's a a dead-end road that's been walked by many, many, many people before you showed up, who God gave them over unto vile affections. Watch what it says in verse number 28, to do those things which are not convenient. They're not right. The ultimate thing, thing about sin is you think you're doing something good for you, but you're actually destroying yourself. When you get your way, you think that you're actually winning, but you're actually losing. No, when mankind gets his way, when mankind has a low view of God, when mankind says, God, we don't need you, we can just take care of ourselves, he's not winning, he's losing. And the longest list of sins in the Bible is the list that you can read right here in verses 29 through 32. We could do a Bible study on every one of these words, but let me just conclude today by reading this list This is a description of mankind, and it's not pretty. This is the mirror of God's word into which the human race looks and sees the ugliness of her condition. Look at verse number 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit malignity, whisperers, backbiters. See how some of these sins are overt. Some of them are covert. Some of them are immoral in our view. Some are the acceptable sins, but they're sins nonetheless. Some are internal. Some are external. Haters of God. Despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents without understanding. Covenant breakers without natural affection implacable, unmerciful. Watch this. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which do such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. It's one big sin cesspool where mankind is justifying its behavior to each other and ignoring the righteousness of an almighty God who will hold us in account. We'll come back to that in chapter number two, next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.